0: Faith has a face. And today, you've already guessed it, in Luke chapter 7, we're going to be looking at the face of a Roman centurion, the proud, disciplined-looking face of a centurion. And you almost can't picture a centurion without putting him in his, his helmet and his full armor. It's just how you picture a centurion. And just by knowing that this man was a centurion, we can already learn quite a bit about him the face behind the helmet centurions they, they didn't get to be a centurion by being a pushover or a weakling only certain soldiers within the Roman legions could get promoted to be a centurion only if they showed the proper bravery loyalty uh, discipline and prowess in battle centurions were well respected by their men. Because centurions, unlike most of the other higher officers in the Roman legion, centurions, they fought on the front lines with their men. Usually a centurion would would be on the front line at the very end of the line, the most vulnerable position to lead the men into battle. The men respected their centurion, their leader who fought alongside them. Now, this centurion in particular in Luke chapter seven, we we don't know for sure if he's ever fought in a battle Um, during this time of peace currently. It seems like more likely, he was acting more like the chief of police in Capernaum in that region. He would settle disputes, hand out discipline when it was needed, um, apprehend prisoners, basically keep the peace for the empire in the city of Capernaum and the surrounding villages. In this centurion, it seems like he's not only respected by his soldiers, but even by the rest of the people in the city. Reading this account, we get the sense that this centurion is not just a good commander, he's also a good man. And the gospel writer Luke here, he, he gives us a glimpse of who this man really was. A look behind the fancy helmet and the full armor, shiny armor he's got on. He lets us see past that to see the face of this person as a a real person who really lived in Capernaum at a real point in history. And when you take away the helmet and you take away the armor, maybe you'll find you have a lot more in common with this centurion than you might have thought. We all can probably find at least a few similarities. and, And some of us in particular probably can especially identify with this centurion. Maybe you have a centurion-like personality. Right? Maybe do, do you like having your world being organized and disciplined, everything in the right spot? Do you take your responsibilities seriously and expect others to do the same? Do you have a, a mostly strategic mind, always putting together plans and then carrying them out exactly the way you wanted them to be Maybe you've got a centurion mindset because you kind of get the sense that's what this centurion would think and the, the way he would act. And let's admit this about this centurion that people like the centurion with a centurion mindset and the centurion himself don't really seem like the type of people who would believe in some other kind of power other than what they already have. Someone with this organized, disciplined, practical mindset doesn't seem like a person who would put faith in a higher power, a higher authority, because that doesn't seem very practical. doesn't seem very realistic. But even a centurion like this puts his faith in Jesus and demonstrates it in an amazing, powerful way. We end up wanting to be like this centurion we look up to him and we want to have one thing in common with him especially we want to get this compliment from jesus i tell you i have not found such great faith even in israel we find jesus being amazed at the centurion's faith he marvels at it and jesus being amazed at something that doesn't happen very often actually that that word amazed or marvel, it's only used in connection with Jesus twice. The only other time that it's used is when Jesus is amazed at the unbelief of his hometown, the people in Nazareth who rejected him. So not a word used in connection with Jesus very often. This is a very high compliment to say this centurion's faith was amazing to Jesus so, so what made the centurion's faith so great? Why did Jesus marvel at it so much? Maybe you could say there's there's three big reasons why his faith is considered great. First of all, this centurion, he was not even a Jew. He was a Gentile, a non-Jew. And Jesus, he, he had performed many miracles and and many Jews, they, they did show a great faith and trust in him as he preached and he did those miracles. But now he's saying, This centurion? He has even greater faith than than my own people, the Israelites, who already expect and should know who this promised Savior is going to be. The centurion, as a Gentile, he didn't have this lifelong background in the Old Testament scriptures to recognize the coming Savior and still He knew exactly who Jesus was. He knew exactly what Jesus had the power to do. It's impressive. Reason number two, why the centurion's faith was considered great, is that he expressed it with a deep humility. He had a humble faith. You see this even in the request that he made. He's not making the request for himself to get something from Jesus. He's, He's got that sick servant And he cares for that servant. He doesn't see that servant as just a resource, like, ah, if he's gone, I'll get another one. No, he cares for the man, and he wants Jesus to come and help him because he knows Jesus can help him. And maybe you see the humble faith of this centurion most clearly in the way that he approaches Jesus. Because you probably caught it, right? Jesus and the centurion in this account, they never end up actually meeting face to face. The centurion doesn't consider himself worthy for that to take place. First of all, right, he sends those Jewish elders, he sends them to Jesus asking him to come and heal his servant. He figures, I can't have Jesus come to my house to come to me to heal my servant. I need to send someone else. But then Jesus comes, and as he's getting close to the house, he does it again. He sends out some friends giving the message, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof That is why I did not even consider consider myself worthy to come to you. The centurion understood how little he deserved to have the son of God speak to him face to face, to have the son of God enter into his house as a lowly sinner. He knew he didn't deserve that. And remember, this guy's a centurion. He's used to having his orders carried out without question. But he does something different with Jesus. He doesn't call on his great authority to make Jesus do a favor for him. He realizes Jesus, as the son of God, he has full authority to act according to his will however however he wants. So the centurion humbly submits a request for Jesus to consider, to heal my servant. And it's kind of interesting to to contrast the way the Jewish elders looked at the centurion and and the way he looked at himself. You catch what those elders said. They said, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. We don't want to pick on these elders too much. They, They did a good thing. They had good intentions to have Jesus come and help this centurion. They said, look, he's a good guy. And he even has faith in the God of Israel, But you get the sense these these jewish elders they're kind of approaching this the wrong way with the wrong mindset they're saying jesus you need to come help the centurion because look what he's done look at how good of a friend he's been to the jewish people in this city because of that that's why you should come and heal his servant but jesus he kind of makes it clear he doesn't answer this request because he's so impressed with what the centurion did for the the Jewish people and the the synagogue that he built for them. He's impressed with with the centurion because of his faith. Not impressed with what the centurion did, but with what he trusted Jesus could do. There's the greatness. There's the humility in his faith. Okay, number three, the third reason why his faith is considered great that this centurion, he really understood authority, right? This is a man with power and authority of his own, but he puts his trust in someone with higher authority, higher power than him. He sent this message to Jesus, say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. And he goes, that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. The centurion, saw Jesus as more than just a miracle worker, like so many other people saw him. The centurion understood who Jesus was from an authority point of view. He's saying, Jesus, I know how this works. I understand authority. You, being the son of God, if you will something to happen, then it's going to happen because you have the greatest authority on earth. This centurion, if, if he gave an order, it was followed. Go, they would go. Come, they would come. Do this, do that. It would happen. That's what the expectation would be in the army. And the centurion had every expectation that God, when he acts, when he orders something, it's going to be carried out successfully. And you see his understanding of authority probably most clearly in that one phrase he said. He said, say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus at this point, he's already done a lot of miracles. But every miracle he'd done, he always does it in the presence of the one he's doing the miracle for. So the centurion had no guarantee. He'd never seen Jesus be able to just say the word from afar and and cause something to happen, to heal someone. He had no guarantee Jesus could actually do that. He'd never seen it. But he understood Jesus had the authority to do that and and just about anything else he wanted, he was God himself. He understood the power of a commander's word that when someone in authority speaks, things happen. And how much more when God himself, the son of God speaks, will things happen? Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith. And we agree with him. The centurion's faith, it's great, it's amazing. I marvel at it. But then we have to ask the question, do I have great faith? Would Jesus say the same thing about me? Does, does Jesus marvel at my faith? We start to wonder where we stand in the faith rankings. I mean, is, is some faith great and others Not? Seems to be what Jesus is, is implying here, right? And so if that's the case, then we want to make sure we're hopefully near the top of the faith rankings. We want our faith to stand out more than all the rest to show Jesus how great our faith is. Maybe we, we end up being kind of like those Jewish elders who start to, to think of being deserving according to what one does or doesn't do. If we start looking so much at these faith rankings and thinking that we have to measure up a certain way, then we're going to find ourselves in trouble. We might have this misunderstanding that, you know, I have to have this great faith because then if I do, Jesus will solve my problems like he did for the centurion. He had a great faith. So if I have a great one, Jesus is more likely to help me. It's only going to get us in trouble when we start thinking that way. When we start thinking that it's all up to what we do or don't do. For our faith to be rewarded, for our faith to be answered, for Jesus to help us. We're only going to get in trouble. We're only going to start to wonder if we scraped together a great enough faith in God's eyes. if we look to our own power to achieve something, to to prove to God we deserve something, we're we're in a bad place. Because we won't ever be able to measure up. Brothers and sisters, we need to put away the faith rankings. Jesus here is not challenging us to try and measure up and reach the same faith level as this century and that's that's not the point of this account not at all faith faith is is great and amazing no matter how big or small it is faith is faith even if it's as small as a mustard seed if faith is just all about us achieving our own power or proving something to god That means we're losing sight of what kind of faith makes Jesus marvel. We're losing focus on what made the centurion's faith so great. So ultimately, in the end, what made the centurion's faith great was the object of his faith, Jesus. Here, this centurion has great trust in a greatly good and powerful God And so instead of us trying to cultivate this great great faith on our own to prove something to God, our faith becomes greater the more we look to the object of our faith. The more we look to Jesus, the greater our faith will be. We don't need to measure up. There's no faith rankings. We just trust in Jesus and his authority, his power to make things right. And just like the centurion, Jesus does marvel at your faith too, because you know who Jesus is. You know what he can do. You know what he already did. Jesus saved us himself. Even with all his authority, he could have sent someone else to go and save us, but he he saved us himself. I guess you could kind of think of Jesus in a way, he's he's like a centurion. He's the heavenly centurion who steps down into the front lines with us in the battle against sin. In fact, Jesus, he steps out on his own to, to head to the cross himself, to deal with sin by himself, to do away with it once and for all. On the cross, he says the word is finished. And by his authority, by his power, it is carried out. Salvation is carried out. Sin is finished. And then he has the authority to bring his life back from the dead. Death is finished. Your healing, it's finished. Just like it was for the centurion's servant. Trust in in the authority of God's son, to make things right. And if you are one of those people who maybe kind of has a centurion mindset being organized and disciplined and practical, maybe you're not the type of person who would put so much stock in spiritual things or to rely so heavily on God when it seems like relying on yourself just is more realistic, more practical. If that's your mindset sometimes, then maybe this centurion can be a good one to model your life after. This centurion, even though he didn't act the way we would have expected him to, he trusted God's authority to make things right. And In the end, that's, that's what makes faith great. Knowing how much we need Jesus, what he can and has done for us. Jesus does marvel at your faith. He really does. Because the object of your faith is him. And Jesus, he makes everything amazing. Amen.